Welcome back. Robbie's already laughing at me. Welcome back. This is the Unrequested Podcast, sports talk, sports opinions that no one asked for with myself, Tino, my buddy, Robbie, joining us back in the studio. You know, finger quotes there on studio. Um, some point we'll do another live version, both of us in the same room. At some point. Neither here nor there. But either, welcome back. We've got sports things to talk about, sports things to discuss, sports opinions to share. I'm trying to figure out how many more ways I can put the word sports into that first sentence. Um, but either way, welcome back. Yeah. Ryan, how you doing? You doing good? I'm good. Yeah, feel good. You look a little tired? I am. Long day. Yeah? Long day? Yeah. Okay. Well, no one cares. So we're going to move yeah. right on past that. There we go. Um, I you know why you ask. <laughs> you, you know what? I, I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired, too. I, I watched the game yesterday or the day before. Um in game four and it just looked like everyone else was also tired (laughs) we were not the only ones tired today because apparently everyone on the suns and most of the bucks with the exception of Giannis, who actually looked tired in the game and then middleton who just decided to be himself and start dropping some points other than that i thought it was an ugly game (laughs) it was it was no one can hit a shot yeah first half milwaukee was hit two shots outside of the paint it was atrocious like you knew exactly what was going on but yeah i mean general feeling of this game was it looked like the suns didn't make any adjustments um for chris paul and what they were doing against chris paul and the bucks just looked off i i don't even know how to explain it because watching that game it was just like if they were not within five feet of that basket it wasn't going in and they weren't even trying not that they needed to because phoenix well, I, yeah i mean i wasn't doing anything yeah halfway through the game it was like why why is milwaukee not pulling away why wasn't phoenix pulling away like you know they had opportunities throughout this game and i me and you were texting about this we were talking about this i think this is where the sun's you know youth really showed up it's a road game it's a finals game it's a big moment and no one was able to consistently put down shots or make that separation or even once they started to separate a little bit they couldn't maintain it which really came down to that last three you know two to three minutes of the game where phoenix has an opportunity right they're up nine could go up by double digits really hold on to the lead and really take control of the series and then Giannis gets that block and it just seems to turn the other direction oh that block is ridiculous yeah the athleticism to do that the the greek freak truly showed up you know and then when it when it came down to it late you know middleton was the one kind of carrying that team from a points perspective. You know, Giannis was giving it everything he got from a defensive side, from a rebounding side. Um, Because, I mean, he pulled up to the three-point line at one point, and they were just like, go ahead, man, shoot it. (laughs) Like, that's not going to hurt us. And then, but he he showed up in a whole completely different way. You know, that's why Vegas has him running out, you know, taking the lead now to be the favorite for uh, MVP. Regardless of the outcome, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, there was a lot to digest in this game. So we saw something very different between games one and two, and now three and four, right? But it looks it, it looks like they're just saying, "Hey, Booker, go get your points. No one else is doing anything." Yeah, Booker was not going to get any help in game four. I mean. And he only played 38 minutes. He had to sit out some just because of foul trouble. Probably possibly sh- could have fouled out. He should depending have on which side out. Of, yeah, depending on which side of the fence you want to sit on on that one. But again, I mean, not a whole lot of points. Crowder with 15. Chris Paul with 10. What happened um, to him? Bridges with 7. Aiton with 6. Aiton had 17 rebounds, but only to, to only have 6 points. And I think 4 of his 6, or maybe all of his 6, 4 of his 6 came in like the first quarter. And then outside of that, you had Johnson with 10, Payne with nine. Like there was no help coming. And yeah, the biggest, the biggest one is that we're expecting Paul to step up, be the veteran, be the guy along with Booker. 
as soon as they've started to put Drew Holiday on him, he has been ineffective. He's starting to turn the ball over. And again, I don't know if this is Chris Paul trying to do too much. The Bucks defense rising to the occasion, a little bit of both, the adjustments that Milwaukee's made. But either way, this game was very different than the first two. Games three and game four, both very different than, than games one and two. So yeah, it feels like it feels like they're just trying to take Chris Paul out of the game. They and they've done a good job of that. I, again, I think they put Drew Holiday on him. You know, they had him kind of follow him around. They put bigger bodies in the middle of the floor. The Bucks play good defense, but stifling Chris Paul, you know, who is that other guy that provides some energy. And when he was when he was turning the ball over, not making those shots, changed the dynamic of the series. Yeah, it's. I mean, considering last week, I was just you know, praising him up and down. Yeah. And then now it's just, it's like he turned back into old Chris Paul. And I think he's got it. I think this is for me is it's about the adjustments that Milwaukee made now. And I think there's two different sides to this and, and I'm interested to see which side you're sitting on after watching these games, right? We've seen four, both teams have had two at home. Now we're going to start to see them cycle back and forth. You know, you can look at this game and going, this was, this is the crumbling of Phoenix and the rise of Milwaukee. Um, or in my perspective, if I'm Milwaukee, I'm still a little bit concerned because there's still two more Phoenix Suns home games and they thrive. They seem to thrive off that energy, especially in the playoffs. And if they start getting shots going down, that is a shot making team, not just Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But Payne, Craig, Johnson, like those guys, Bridges, even if they start making shots, you know, if they don't start off slow like they have for the past probably, well, actually the entire finals, the Phoenix Suns could just blow them out of the water again if they get hot. And if I'm Milwaukee, that's what I'm concerned about. But what do you think? Do you think it's more Phoenix falling and the Bucks rising, or just Phoenix not executing? I think it's more Phoenix not executing. Going back to the inexperience and youth of the team, um, playing on the road, I think, and we'll see how well Milwaukee's defense travels, I guess. Yeah, because they, they weren't the same defense in games one and two. Maybe that's a little bit of Giannis still filling out that knee, but, you know... Phoenix kind of did what Phoenix does. Either they start fast and they just keep going or they start a little slow and then pick up speed real fast and don't slow down. Like uh, that's what we've seen from, from that Phoenix team. Um, I'm just, I, I don't know where to sit anymore. I thought it was going to be the Suns and six after the games one and came two. you know, me and you were talking like, well, shit, does it become Suns and five? You know, right. does that $11,000 bet for the Suns to sweep? out of the realm of possibility, you know, and yeah, we just saw a very young, inexperienced team have to go on the road in a tough environment against a tough defensive team and seem to fumble the ball a bit. So if you're Phoenix, how would you, what adjustment would you make like offensively? Offensively, I think they need to figure out, they need to deal with the spacing issue, right? Because they 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 do a lot. Chris Paul and Devin Booker like to work on that middle of the floor, right? That mid range game, getting those little shots. You can't do that against this Milwaukee Bucks team. Giannis is too big and too athletic down there in the middle. Coupled with a Drew Holiday, coupled, you know, just with their team in general. That is not a small team. You got Lopez down there. You got Holiday. You got Middleton. Not a small guy. Tucker, who's active, gives you effort. They got to find a way to space out the floor. And I think they just got to get their shot going early. I think that's when we've seen them really be dangerous. And it's not about shooting 50% from beyond the arc. It's just about making them consistently to keep those defenders out of there where you're not relying on this mid range game and these drives and these short shots to, to influence the defense that you're seeing. Cause when they haven't done it, Man, and you got to get Drew Holiday off Chris Paul. I don't know what you have to do to 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 make that matchup happen. You need to start setting picks with uh, 
with both Paul and Booker, you know, something like that. I liked it when they played the two man game, even with Booker or Paul with DeAndre Ayton, because Ayton, again, is an athletic guy. But I want him looking towards the basket when he sets that pick. Some of the times he just sets that pick kind of, you know, stumbles around a little bit and maybe drifts towards the basket. I don't know what he's doing. He gets hit, kind of forgets where he is, and yeah. just meanders around the court for a second, and then it's like, yeah. oh! Cut to the basket. You are big, and when you catch the ball, keep it up high. Like, you know, and, yeah. and I think he's still feeling it out, because he's going up against Lopez. He's going up against, uh, you know, uh, Giannis. I mean, and he's got an athletic tucker on him sometimes, but for me, I think that's what the key is. They've got to figure out how to get Drew Holiday off of Chris Paul, and someone has got to start making some of these three-point shots to help keep that defense out. Yeah, if he's, I mean, can't make threes, Milwaukee's just going to pack it in the middle. Yeah, and you can't you can't operate with them packing that middle down there because, I mean, th- there's just no room. No, no, yeah, with those bodies, your big bodies you're talking about with Lopez, Giannis, I mean, yeah. it's almost two seven-footers right there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a lot of athleticism. You know, Lopez is just, he's that big guy. hes he, he can move a little bit, but he knows how to play smart defense, and Giannis can just pick up anyone. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> all right, but if you're flip side, you're the Bucks. You're heading into game five in Phoenix. What do you do to help steal a win? Hey, you got to play defense. Yeah. Uh... You got to chase them off the three-point line. Because like you said, if they start hitting early, yeah, then it's got to be a blowout. So if yeah. you get them, like if you chase them off the three-point line, get them, you know, try to drive it with those two guys in the middle, make it rough on them, get them to start slow, kind of, you know, take their confidence away from them. Like, and like we've been saying, young team, start to fall apart a little bit, kind of freak out and, I, I think it's the only way they can keep up too with the barrage of points that Phoenix can put up, right? Yeah. We saw that from this this last game. Bucks aren't going to put up 120, 130 points shooting a bunch of threes. It's not what they're built to do, not in the same way that the Suns are. Or even a mid-range jumper. <laughs> yeah, in, in the case of game four, yeah, it's like looking at the shot chart. You know, it's like, um, can someone please... It's like, oh, someone someone made it from the elbow. Whew. Ooh, wow. Boundaries there. Yeah, look at that range. But the, the, the inability of the Suns to stop that. Like at some point you gotta go, do we just clog the middle and tell them to take threes and see what happens? Like you almost yeah, you almost think you would just dare to take threes. Just try to get a three point shootout with them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, just put them in the put everyone in the middle and just go, let's let's see if you can keep up. You know, because it was ooh, tough to watch. It was tough to watch. It was an it was a rough watch, but it was a good game. <laughs> I don't know it, how it that ended a, up happening. It was a bad, good game. Yeah, you know, and everyone's going to be the officiating was ugh. the officiating was a little up and Incons- down. It inconsistent, letting them play, not letting them play. You know, and and I and I guess if you're going to err on one side or the other when you're talking about a superstar player in a game like that, that's close. You feel like it's mostly ball. You're not sure about the body contact. I was actually okay with them swallowing the whistle at that point. I think though that's me being biased because it's like I want to see Booker in the game, but I think it's more about what the fans would want, right? Right. So now, but, so now, well, I mean, now Milwaukee depends. can say we won anyway, like, right? You know, and that's what you want. I think that's what you would want if you're Milwaukee out of those refs is that you're allowed to play more physical. That is a defensive team. Not that the Suns aren't, but just in a different way. Like you want to be able to play physically to push a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I was, if I'm Milwaukee, I'd be like, you know what? I'm okay with them not calling it. We still got the win. And if it can set a little bit of a precedent for these last three games, you know, maybe that's what helps you. I just, the inconsistency what is what killed me. Like, yeah, they called, it feels like they called a lot in the first half, and then like uh, kind of tapered off in the second. 
Yeah, you know, there definitely was. And and there was some disparity, too. I think the home crowd kind of got into that, too. Um, And and refs are prone to it. The biggest one was (laughs) it was just interesting because P.J. Tucker was out there arguing like every foul call that he got. And every time they showed a replay and be like, yeah, that's a that's that's a foul. (laughs) It's not like an egregious foul, but it's a foul. (laughs) Like It's like when, you know, it's when Dre Crowder was was getting pummeled in the face like those are fouls <laughs> like he got hit in the face twice like but he's know. not bleeding <laughs> yeah <laughs> like so don't be upset about that like they were calling those but it was like he said a little bit inconsistent i again i'm okay with them swallowing the whistle a little bit on that last foul on booker um, i think they i think they put that themselves in that position though like they called all those fouls and like how many people were in foul trouble by halftime yeah yeah, you know, PJ was sitting out. Booker was, you know, taking time off. There was a few others. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's it's just rough. Tucker had five. Lopez had three. Giannis had three. Looking at Crowder had three, you know. Yeah, I that's, know. I mean, compared yeah. to the other games, that's a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Crowder had five. Booker had five. Paul had four. Like, you know, th- those are those are big numbers. And I mean, Johnson off the bench with three fouls. Yeah. You know, like it was it was pretty touchy in certain spots. So. All right. I think that probably. Uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Contributed to the, the game style. being rough. Yeah. Yeah. The style of game. Just stopping, stopping every five seconds. Yeah, but I think, you know, whoever finds their shooting rhythm first um, is going to is going to be able to step away and, and kind of take the lead in this next one. Just because. I mean, you you can't expect both teams to have this rough of a shooting night again. It's pivotal games and, you know, three point percentage was terrible. 30 percent for the Suns, 24 percent for the bucks they both made seven the bucks took 29 shots the suns took 23 shots the home team seven of 29 like that's rough you know that's ah ouch so and here's the big stat that stuck out to me was the offensive rebounds bucks took it 17 suns had five you know like that is yeah that'll you know, and when you're missing your shots, that's that's a lot of points on the other way going, contributing to those points in the paint. Um, when your defense not aligned and set up, they can push the ball a little bit. So, yeah, I don't know. Game five, this is this is going to start tipping the scales one way or the other. So, two questions for you: If Giannis isn't the MVP, who is? gotta be booker gotta be booker booker if the suns win yes what if the bucks win be honest be honest okay and then yeah i don't see how you yeah Giannis is like like we talk about with other mvps right we we love a story we want a narrative to go with the production Giannis has that coming in we thought he was going to miss at least the first couple games, if not most, if or all of the series. Yeah, uh, it comes back and he just starts just shouldering the load for this team. So, yeah, I, his knees got to be killing him. Yeah, yeah, it's a long off season, so he better maybe not as long as others. But this is what you play for. This is what he's been waiting for. So I, I yeah, get you it. Know I get there. I mean, you never know if you're going to be back. So. Yep. Totally yep. get it. All right. So previously we had our we had our predictions. Uh I was a Suns and six or five. I forgot. I already forgot. I just I just know I had the Suns. Oh, I know you remember mine though. Yeah, you were the what, Suns and Seven? Yes. Suns and Seven. How are you feeling about that prediction? Suns and five. <laughs> Suns and five? That's what, that's you what I said. That's what I said last week. I changed it. <laughs> After games one and two, that was yeah, that was reasonable. We were debating it's like sons and four or sons and five. Like yeah, meh, you know, 
now, now what are you thinking? Now what are you, what are you feeling? Suns and seven. Suns and seven. Take it at home at the seventh game. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice to see, but I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I don't know if Milwaukee will, Milwaukee's defense will travel. If they can steal one on the road. Yeah. Obviously this would probably be the one that they want to steal. Yeah. I think if they don't get this one, it's, it's probably done. Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be hard to go back to back and, they're never going to get any better momentum than I think what they have right now. Pulling out a close game four with the Suns being up, you know, for a majority of the game, just kind of stretching that lead one way or the other. And shooting as bad as they did. Yeah. So I I think this next game, whoever wins this next game, I think is going to tell you who your, who your uh, winner is going to be, your finals winner is going to be. I agree with that. But I still hold. I will hold on my prediction and say Suns and six. I still think that they can pull it out. I think they have the ability to, because again, if they win this next game, I think they're winning that that game six in Milwaukee. If they can uh, shake off the nerves and hopefully get a better performance from the rest of the team than what they got, you know, when your other double digit guys are ten and fifteen. Like, yeah, that's not cutting it. Chris Paul has five turnovers. Yeah, which doesn't happen. You know, I mean, that that is, it's not the Chris Paul we've seen throughout these playoffs. You know, there was a point it's like he doesn't have a turnover in like closeout games or fourth quarters or whatever the case was. It was just like they need that Chris Paul back. Yeah. So. so. We'll see if they can get a holiday off him. We'll see. I'm excited. Game five. Game five on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. So, should be a good one. That'll be a big one. All right. Speaking of other big events, especially here, here in Denver, here, you know, in in our hometowns, our current hometowns, whatever you want to call it, our transplant towns, Home Run Derb, the Home Run Derby. Was, uh, was here in the Mile High City at Coors Field. What'd you think? I think they should have it here every year. <laughs> People crushing home runs. I mean, I mean 500 feet, foot bombs like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then that, that first round, Alonzo, 35. Are you kidding me? Didn't even break a sweat. Well, yeah. You have uh, Otani yeah. out there, like bent over it, like his first time out, like a minute and halfway through, he's like bent over, oh, like, yeah, out I of mean, breath. And he like he was. I mean, to be fair, he's to like stop. a pitcher as well. Yeah, so, but he leads the lead, he leads the I, majors in all bronze, and he doesn't take batting practice, by the way. So. <laughs> maybe that was his problem he took know, batting like, practice before he got in the derby <laughs> yeah should, should have just you know just do your normal routine bud just walk out there and smack the ball however far you yeah. want to smack it yeah he, I mean, but it was, was insane there, it looked like he was just trying to muscle everything out yeah he never really yeah, got I mean, a groove I, hopefully he does it again because I, I think he, he would be better you know year yeah, two like, year three he gets a chance to to do to this again, because I mean that first round was just it was just ridiculous. Like, yeah, that was. I mean, like, check the ball for steroids. Like, come on, it was, <laughs> it was insane. Everything was just flying out of there, but it was just fun because it was in mile high air, so you get a little little bit of a break there. Which, they took they didn't put the balls in the humidor either. <laughs> And then round two, it kind of it kind of went back to normal levels, and then the finals, Alonzo hit another twenty three of them out of there with time to spare. Yep. In so, the I second mean, round, he did the same thing. Yeah. Time to spare both times, just crushing it. His his uh, his pitcher was just feeding him to him, and he was just letting loose on these things. Just, whew. That was it was impressive. I think the for my opinion, the home run derby is the best all star event. 
It really is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the dunk competition just isn't the same anymore. Cause you don't have those same profile athletes and feel like we've just seen so much at this yeah. point. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. Dunk contest. I think just like, what more can you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think these, they're so creative. We see such crazy things and I, and I think we're just kind of, you know, used to it, but the home run derby, just putting, putting people in a position to just go, let's see what you got. I think the only comparable thing is probably the three point competition, right? Is just, let's see what you got. But yeah, but they're not shooting the ball 500 feet either. No, no, it would be, it would be kind of cool though. You know, you know, with, with all these great shooters, it's like, why not amend the three point competition or add like a, a all-star horse game, you know? Oh, that would be fun. I think, I think that would be cool. Cause you have, you have Steph's and clays and, and, and dames like, man, let them, let them do it. Like, you know, let them format it for you going, all right, well, I'm going to do a behind the back, you know, dunk, or I'm going to shoot it from half court and call nothing but net and then make it kind of thing. And just maybe they should just do a half court shooting contest. (laughs) Just extend it out. I mean, Hey, you want to try out a four point line, put it in the all-star game. Let's just bump it on out there. Let's see what they have. Yeah. A four point area, a six point area. Good Lord. You're willing to shoot from the outside, you know, from across the court, like that's 10 points. So. I mean, the, ga- the game's already ridiculous enough as it is. Yeah. You're have add- fun with the all-star games. Well, no, right? it, it'd, be, it'd be hilarious. You just see it like, I don't know, every third play just jacking it up from like three court. <laughs> it seems like that's what happens when you're watching Dame play. He's just like, this is, I've run far enough. <laughs> I'm just going to refuse, yeah. refuse to dribble anymore. Yeah. This ball's going up. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, it's going in too. So. Ever since he hit that shot on Paul George in the playoffs, like, you know, he's just kind of got that swagger about him. So, hey, NBA, maybe switch it up a little bit. Give us something that we want to see. So. That would be really exciting. Yeah. Give us the all-star version of horse. Run it the night, you know, a couple nights before everything else. Kind of casual. I would tune in to watch that. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah I would. So. Whew. But hopefully, man, I hope it comes back around. I hope it comes to Denver again. That's that's just what I'm hoping for. Tickets were too expensive for for just you know us normal folk to to get into the door on that one. It was a few hundred bucks, I think. So, Three hundred for the home run derby. Yeah, and I forgot. All star game was five hundred, I think. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, it comes back. I'd like to attend one some point in my that life here. Too. That'd be super cool. But MLB, please come back. You see, we have a team here, but we don't like going to actually watch the games. We just like out <laughs> drinking outdoors. So if you give us an event that we can actually watch, we're going to be really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so please come back. <sighs> All right. Speaking of please come back. Ugh. The Aaron, Roger, Aaron Rodgers saga continues. This is drama that we are going to be talking about from now until the actual snap of their first game and probably throughout the NFL season. Because I, I, I'm over him. Oh. I don't, I don't know what to think anymore. I still think, I think my 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 mindset is shifting to either he's going to return. Now I don't know if he's going to play but I think there's still a possibility that he gets traded before the trade deadline during the season, during the season. No, he's playing. You think green Bay is stubborn enough to as well to just be like, no, we're not doing anything with you. Not till next season. I don't know. They want want draft picks for him. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I think you wait till middle of the season you kind of see where where teams are falling, or even if you do trade them to a uh, Denver, you know mm-hmm. the draft spot's not increasing from you know twenty eight to five or something, or from five to twenty eight kind of thing. So, I mean, Green Bay would have to be doing pretty bad for them to trade him. 
it, it all depends on what, how he comes back or if he comes back or what that looks like. Right. Cause if he just says, you know what, I'm holding on. I'm just not going to play the first four games. One, because I think he could, because Green Bay could still win that division without Rodgers playing four games. With Jordan Love? Depends on how they feel about Jordan Love. Jordan Love steps in and he looks at, if he looks like a halfway decent quarterback, you don't want to wait too long because you're just losing leverage in the trade market, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, Uh, maybe not. Maybe not because he's so, like Aaron Rodgers is so... Aaron Rodgers ish. So <laughs> I, I I just don't see him being traded during the season. I don't I, I mean, would love to see to, him traded during the season. I mean that would be pretty epic. It would be just immensely interesting, right? Just it's like, oh yes. Now we have like this big change mid season, big name moving to a different team. What happens now? So I think he gets traded. I don't know when, but I really, really hope it's during either before the season or during the season. I don't want to have to wait till next off season for this. Well, you better, better hold your breath. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Robbie. Just go ahead and hold my breath. <gasps> I can't hold my breath. There's too much to talk about. <laughs> Cause see, wait, Green Bay's first four games are New Orleans winnable at New Orleans. Still winnable. I mean, if Taysom Hill gets thrown out there, yeah. Yeah. Even if Jameis gets thrown out there, like, you know, we haven't seen him take really meaningful, a meaning like playing a meaningful game for himself since he played with the bucks and was the true 30 for 30 champion. Mm. Then you have Detroit. Winnable. Then you go to San Francisco. Okay. That's a little tougher. And then you have Pittsburgh at home. I don't think that's as tough as a game as we would like to think. So They still have a defense. They do. They do. But again, Jordan, if Jordan Love has to start, he goes out and is 2-0. and I'd start taking calls. You drafted as a as a franchise. You drafted Jordan Love in the first round with some expectations. Now, if Aaron Rodgers is willing to help bridge you into the Jordan Love era, then why not take it? Get some compensation. Continue to build around Love. See what you have. Because then, if he tanks, maybe you draft another one. <laughs> I would hope not, but. Cause you've already spent this first round pick who's sat and done nothing for you after you traded up in the first round to get him. Let's not forget that dumb story. Uh, Way to go he, green Bay. Yeah. But he literally did nothing for him last year. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't even talk about him a little bit. Right. He didn't trust for a game. No, didn't have to. We had the MVP yeah. playing quarterback in the backfield there, green Bay. So yeah, but if, if he's your guy, you think he'd be backing up, backing him up? I don't know. Again, I don't know what's going on in Green Bay. I I wish I was a fly on the wall in that organization, just to hear whatever kind of ridiculousness they're talking about. But Punch I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's time. No, not till next season. Yeah, that's not interesting. Well, Almost yeah, like, it's not interesting, but it's realistic. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, when has Green Bay been realistic? Uh, we can get top tier free agents. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, I don't. You think they would? Yeah, they don't. They about, do not. Yeah, something about not having an owner <laughs> doesn't help hurts. their situation. Yeah. Yeah like a definitive last voice to come in and go, this is what we're doing. No, or for Aaron Rodgers to go and this is what exactly I want. Cause, but I feel like he's done that. <laughs> they just, I mean, haven't done he, much about it. I mean, he hasn't said he's not going to count. Well, I mean, I, the speculation's still out there that he wasn't notified that they were going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Like, yeah, 
and regardless of what you feel as a franchise, you would you should still go and say, hey, Aaron, this is what we're thinking about doing. This is purely a developmental thing, whatever you want to call it. Just let him know. So he's not sitting there on draft night going, oh, we drafted a first round quarterback. Well, all right then. Yeah. Well, no, I get that. But I mean, he's, I mean, he hasn't even come out publicly and demanded a trade yet. No. No, I don't think he would. I mean, if you really want it out, why wouldn't you? I don't know. But either way, it keeps brewing. And when it's, you know, regardless of what the the actual official factual story is, where there's some smoke, there's some fire. Now, whether it's a blaze or whether it's just a spark slowly starting to ignite and build, either way, there's an issue that has not fully been addressed. So this is where we're at. Yeah, he doesn't get a first round wide receiver ever. No, <laughs> no, he does not. Or uh, any offensive help. Which I mean, still, they've done well to draft him on offensive line, but you know what? Uh, what he wants is is other weapons, other receivers. Going out and getting those free agents, going out and drafting a young guy, something somewhere. You would think some of those receivers take offense to that. Well, tell them to play better. I'm just saying, <laughs> elevate your game. <laughs> so he's got Tunyon, oh. he's got Adams. Lazard wasn't terrible, so. Oh, there's Scantling. Scantling, MVS. I don't know. I think he's a. I think he's thin-skinned and sensitive. He is. He's he's a bit like Kevin Durant in that you know he hears a lot of those things, and I think he's saying things behind closed doors, which is why he hasn't come out and demanded a trade or anything. But I don't know if they're talking at all at this point, which again, still a problem. His act is tired. Yes. An act learned from his quote unquote mentor, non-mentor in Brett Favre. So we've seen this story play out. Yep. We've seen it play out before. At least he isn't making him come out to uh, Berkeley to come wine and dine him. (laughs) I mean, I would. I want you to make me feel like I'm pretty and wanted and desired. So yes, you come out to Berkeley and you tell me I'm pretty. Tell me that I'm wanted. Say all the things that I want you to say. Because when you have that caliber of quarterback, that's kind of what you do. If they don't already know. Well, that's the problem. Who knows if he knows. It doesn't matter anymore. The drama's fun. I mean, mainly because I'm not a, a Packer fan, so... This is wildly entertaining to me. <laughs> so the That's days of our nice. lives, as the world turns. <laughs> You're dating yourself. <laughs> uh, all right. But on to other NFL news that I got a kick out of. I got a kick out of this story because it's a story. I, yeah. <laughs> is that Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers is close to one of the, like some of the best shape of his life or that he's actually working out. However you want to phrase it, but yes, this is a story. The professional athlete that plays in the NFL is working out. I mean, why did it take him 15 years to find a weight room? (laughs) I love it that this is the story that is not out. He's working out. What was he's, he doing before? He's doing some crunches, <laughs> possibly some push-ups. Hell, he may even be jogging a little. Like, like I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, has he literally never worked out before? I, or I, why is this a story? Like, yeah, he's working out. Yeah, I also saw a picture of Saquon, who's coming <sighs> off a knee injury, whose legs look like my whole body but chiseled out of marble. Like how, how do you, how do you bust your knee up with legs like that? <laughs> I mean, where do you, where do you get pants? I, I don't, 
All right. So first, you know, I mean, obviously you're listening to this. So if you haven't seen this recent picture of Saquon Barkley and his legs or Eli Manning's response to this photo, <laughs> yeah, that was classic. please go look it up. Because one, Saquon's got if if you if you haven't seen him before, Saquon's quad squad is is nothing short of majestic. I mean, he'll turn parachute pants into yoga pants with those legs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what you want your running back to look like. So then there's that versus Ben Roethlisberger, who looks like the biggest homeless man you've ever seen. So, <laughs> I I just love that this was a story that. Uh, reports out of Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger's <laughs> working out. Reports. It's not <laughs> after even like, it's not after even over a decade, he found a gym. Like <laughs> maybe he has uh, body image issues. You don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't. But I figured if he had a body image issue, he would have found a gym earlier. Oh no, he's embarrassed to go to the gym because of his body. It's a vicious circle. Well, he can buy a gym. They haven't, you know, exactly shorted him money at any point here recently. So <sighs> it's just fun. It was just I I had to chuckle at it when I saw it. I was like, this. All right. This is where we're moving along to Steeler fans. That is your franchise guy right there who just found out that the gym exists and that he could I mean, also participate. So. I don't know. You know, you hear this. You almost feel like next breaking news is out of New Orleans. Jameis Winston goes to film study. <laughs> well, I mean, the you know, the last last time was, you know, Jameis Winston gets eye surgery. <laughs> like, oh, that was part of the problem. He couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I mean. I waited till I flamed out to get yeah. eye surgery. <laughs> yeah. wonder if they just bribed him with some crab legs. I tell you what. <laughs> We're going to set up a film study for you. We're supplying the crab legs for you. <laughs> James is like, oh, damn. Okay. I'm on, on my way. W's. <laughs> yeah. You suppose they put the crab, crab legs in shape of W's? Yeah, I hope so. Eat it. Oh, God. <laughs> One of the most just the videos I've ever seen. Just the like, reaction. <laughs> is this guy for real? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Uh, it's good times. I love talking about Pittsburgh, especially when it amuses <laughs> me in such a way that I'm just like, ha, <laughs> Roethlisberger sure, going to I'm the sure, gym. Sure, Aaron loves it. <laughs> I don't think she wants to hear it right now. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, my wife is from Pittsburgh, huge Steeler fan. <laughs> if, she, if she listens to this one, I love you. But it's true. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's it's hilarious. You're welcome. All right. All right. Well, on to a more serious topic. Um, it's been the thing that's been happening over the past two days. Richard Sherman, currently in jail. He's out now. He's out now. Was currently in jail. But spent some time in, in the jail because of... I'm not even sure what to what to call it. Just an event, an intoxicated event where he was charged with, um, what is it, burglary and domestic violence. Right. And possibly a hit and run. Yeah, he was, I guess he, he was at his, he was at home with his wife. And then that's when that 911 call was. Speaking of that, the night, that operator, who. Like yeah, they get fired. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the, I, in the end, it's it's what he did. Yeah, which right. when I first heard it, you know, they say he's going to kill himself. He was hammered. He had two bottles of liquor. Drove drunk to his in laws to go fight one of her uncles, I guess. When I first heard it, I was like, "Damn, dude needs help." Like it sounds like he's just having a mental breakdown. Like, yeah, coming like he's coming mental, to the end of his career. Yeah, mental health issue. Maybe something's going on there. But again, after really hearing the call and now coupling it with the recently released video of him at his in-laws, 
that was that was terrifying it watch. is yeah when 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 a grown man and not just a grown man but a grown man that plays in the nfl and not like you know rodrigo blankenship you know coming to your door but <laughs> like richard sherman who is not a small dude and he starts banging on your door and i wasn't banging yeah like that that he was becomes trying a, to run through it a very escalated event all of a sudden, which this puts a lot of things in motion. One, because of the status of Richard Sherman. You know, this isn't his previous history. You know, he's an he's an outspoken guy. He's very vocal. One of the reasons, you know, that that he's kind of become in that celebrity space is for all the little rants that he's had over the years. But then also being a Stanford guy, very well educated, very well spoken you know, leader on multiple teams. But for this to happen. And he's also the NFL PA. Vice president, I think. Vice president. Yeah. 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 And so this is, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this is handled by the NFL, by the teams, by Sherman, because this puts a lot of different things in play for them as a whole and how well, they yes. respond to this. Well, he's also unsigned. Yep. He is an unrestricted free agent. So whoever was thinking of picking up, that's probably out the window now. I mean, it's, it's going to be a wait and hold. I mean, you know, not the first thing I want to talk about, but it's going to cost him money because someone was going to sign him. Like someone's going to try and pull him onto a team. Oh yeah. He would have got signed, but this is, this is going to cost him some money, but I'm, I'm more, I'm more interested to see how, again, the league handles this, how the NFLPA handles this, considering there is video, there is audio. Um, what do they come down with? You know, what what does it come down to? What is what is the impact on this, um, considering the situation? I think it's until it goes to the courts and everything, no one's going to sign him. I think immediately NFL probably suspended four, six, maybe six games. Um, honestly, I think the NFL, NFL, he needs to be, needs to lose his position in the NFLPA. Yeah, um, but I, I, I think I, that's definitely going to happen. I think the most important thing, I, I think they need to get him help. And that's that's really where my my hope is for the NFL because again they have two very I think distinct paths here with how they respond to this because he's such a high profile you know it's the same thing they've run into before with the Ray Rice situation and previous events that have happened within the NFL they they can either take this very quick and swift punishment or maybe this is their area where they start to to branch out into the other side of things in a more public way and say, this is how we're going to help. Now, while there are ramifications from his professional status within our league, he is still a member of the league and we are going to be supporting him in X, Y, Z ways. And in addition to, we've also set up ABC things, you know, to, to help mitigate these issues, make players aware provide opportunities. Cause I'm sure those are all things that are hopefully happening already within that NFL, but to take a public stance in this way. You yeah. Know. I mean, if I think the NFL shines a light on mental health and I hope, th- I hope this kickstarts them into having uh, seminars for players coming in, mm-hmm. getting help for a while they're there and then having help for, uh, players who are retired. Um, the younger players coming in, just remind them, you're not going to play this all your life. You're at, I bet at, on average, you play three years. Yeah. That this is not an average nine to five job, right? So yes, you show up on game days, you show up to practice, but your personality, your persona, your brand is also lives outside of that space. So what happens outside influences what happens on the inside of that space. And so, you know, yeah, I, I hope they take a moment to, to continue to, to build upon what they've, what they've started years and years before law. It's always reactionary. You know, I get it. 
It's a big league. The brand has exploded over the course of the past uh, 20 years. But to continue to put those things in place, those preparations, those courses, those information sessions, and those resources for the players, again, I think it's just going to be key and pivotal as, as the league moves forward, right? Because we saw it, you know, with everything that happened with Mike Vick. Huge story, right? Yeah. With how that went down, but what the league, what former players have done since that point to really step in and go, hey, here are some things to be mindful of, to be aware of, to really think about. So hopefully the league kind of not necessarily embraces it, but opens its ideas on how it's going to deal with this. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, you know, take care of your former players also, because once they, you know, how many horror stories do you hear after a player retires, they just go into a dark, deep depression just because they don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like their life ended, but they're still here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, while they don't have the same type of job transitioning them in and out, very similar to what, you know, I would want the army to do on a larger scale is to, you know, or any, any of our military forces after being in those kind of situations and living your life in a very particular way, and then having to transition out of that space uh, is very jarring for some, you know, I, I can't speak from experience, just speak from what I've seen. So hopefully the, you know, the NFL looks at that and starts to adopt a model um, where again, provides help, provides assistance, provides transitions and resources and things like that. Um, Cause Richard Sherman's again, one of those guys, very well-spoken, you know, just a big personality, a lot of fun to watch. So it's, it's again, it's going to be interesting to see what stance the league takes, what actions they take now that this has happened. And if nothing else, I hope he gets help for himself. Yep. Yep. Number one, you know, thankfully, you know, it doesn't look like anyone was, no was really, hurt. yeah. Injured, you know, with the hit and run thing with the, uh, attempted break in the yelling, things like that. Um, which is all very good. He didn't hurt himself. Um, so all that bundled together, scary moment for the most part, good results, great opportunity for the league to show or to start or to develop whatever they want to develop going forward. But hope for the best scary situation. And I think just, I I mean, as someone who has depression and anxiety, if the NFL shined a light on mental health, yeah, I think that that would be absolutely huge for everybody. Cause I mean, even in high school, you played football. What were you told? Mental toughness, mental toughness. And you get that hammered into you from high school all the way through your professional career. You know, you don't process things correctly. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and this it, is something that, that your life is built around, right? Especially when you get up to that level, you know, become such a big identifier as part of your personality. I really hope. Yeah. You know, Hey, open up, talk to people. There are plenty of resources out there. It's not a, it's not a stigma thing anymore because it's like we have these resources available and out there. And so it's really about talking about it, bringing it to the forefront, not making it a, well, we don't talk about that here. Yeah. You know, it's not what you want. Yeah, you don't want to bottle everything up. Yeah. So again, hope he hope he gets the help. Hopefully, uh, the NFL makes some good moves here. Again, a lot of opportunity in this space um, to continue to grow as a league, as a country, as a society, however you want to put it. Um, but everyone's got to start making steps, one business at a time, one person at a time. So, you know, wish him nothing but the best. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. We'll definitely be tracking it from both a on-field and off-field perspective. Um, But yeah. You excited about golf Saturday? (sighs) Golf. So I, I am not a golfer. Shocking. I know. Um, I'm not a good golfer. Robbie, you've seen me golf. You know what's about to happen. When it leaves the ground, I am happy. So but I did play a couple of weeks ago. First time I had played in a couple of years. I love golf. It's the most relaxing, frustrating game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Way to, that's a perfect way to play. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing. 
I, I don't understand it, but I do love to play it. So I am expecting just hot garbage. Just hot garbage. Like at some point, I'm probably just going to pick up the ball and just throw it. I was going to see so, if you wanted to put lunch on it. Oh, I mean, I still will. You know, okay. you know me, so I, I'll, I'll put lunch on that. Hey, to be fair, I golfed Tuesday. Yeah. And I was hitting my driver pretty well, getting up to the green. I was oh, like, I'm going to play so many head games with you because I, I mean, like, that's, that's my chance right there. I was like, man, I have to do it so well. I felt good, even though I was three putting. You're about to come back down to earth. Oh, I shot my worst round yeah. this, this summer. Yeah. Oh, I was feeling so good that I looked at scorecards like, oh. We're gonna we're gonna relive that moment again on Saturday. I'm excited. I'm gonna bring my eighty dollar clubs that I bought in two thousand and four or five or whatever it is. Or the woods actually would? No, no. Thankfully no. <laughs> we had moved beyond that in two thousand four and five, apparently. At least the set I got. I don't know. They're a fine set. It's it's really the user at this point. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, next year I'm going to buy another set of clubs, and then I'm going to prepare myself to act surprised when my shots don't look different. So, I'm going to have a couple decoy clubs in the bag that I, you know, feel like I can break, you know, and when the moment arises, just to really get into the spirit of golf. Just. Break it over your leg, throw it in. Break the it over my leg, toss it in the pond. You know, I don't even use like nice golf balls. It's like the ones I find on the course. Those are great. I'm going to oh, lose yeah. at least like four or five, a, you know, per 18 holes. So, although ironically, that on Tuesday, even though I had my worst round, I only lost two balls. Yeah. See, that's usually what I go by. It's like, how many balls did I lose? When I first started playing, it was just like, well, I played nine holes. I lost 12. All right. So now yeah, I'm to I the was, point losing like a handful. I'm like, oh, I lost lost five, you know, over 18. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's why I buy buckets of 50. <laughs> yeah. I am not a serious golfer. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what my handicap is. It's not good, you know, Mine's but I bad. enjoy it. I just like being outside, hitting the ball. Because again, when you hit that one good shot, you're just like, all right. It sucks you right back in. Yeah. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. And then you go out and you slice your next shot. Well, I, 50 yards into the other fairway. I accommodate for the slice. I know that's going to happen. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to hit this club open. So I'm just going to just going to rotate the club before I even grip it. <laughs> and then I'm going to hit it. So if it slices, it's going at least somewhat in the general direction of what I intended. <laughs> so I think that's how golf is played. I think that's my understanding of golf so as far as i know you just hit balls and treat beer yeah that's that's pretty much what i'm here for either way i'm excited for it i like golf it's gonna be I, fun it's gonna be fun it's outside and if anything it's it's here in denver you're a mile high so even if i hit it just slightly better than average i feel 10 times better <laughs> so but if anyone ever wants to play come out we'll play why not We'll attempt, come to out, play. we'll attempt to play. You want to come out and make fun of my golf swing, which is atrocious as well. More than happy to. Cause I will shit talk the daylights out of you. So I'm looking forward to it. That is my goal in this game. It's to what? Make me cry. Well, you know, that's not very hard. Yeah. All right. But all jokes aside, little plug. National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. If you, do need, if you do need to talk, if you do need to seek help, please do. Um, plenty of people that are there for you, friends all over. Wish you nothing but the best uh, best out there to Richard Sherman and his family as they go through what's next. Yeah, that's... For anyone that's struggling with mental illness, again, you got friends in places that you don't even think about. We're all here willing and ready to talk, but I think that's it. We've done all the sports talk. We've talked about all the sports balls. So all the shooty hoops, shooty hoops, the batty balls, mm -hmm. the funny shaped balls. That's the football, not the, the you know, <laughs> yeah. Moving on, moving on. Let's, let's go ahead and close it out. Well, thank you for stopping by. <laughs> Follow us on the Twitterverse at the unrequested or email us at the unrequested PC at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell a friend about us and to hit the subscribe button for our podcast. 
Okay, friends. Give us some reviews as well. Tell us why we're horrible, Paul. Tell us why you might like us. <laughs> tell us whatever you want to tell us. Don't filter it. Send it on. Yes. That's it. That's it. Until, well, good well, luck. Good luck with your uh, NBA Finals prediction. Yeah. That's Switching from the Suns in five to Suns in seven. Way to stay on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all, folks. Pleasure talking to you, Tom Brady, President 2024. Yeah. 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 Sounds good to me. our last one in there. Yeah. All right. See y'all next week. See you on the other side. Oh,